Good morning. I was here in July, but it was 4th of July and none of you were here. Where were you? Kind of bothers me a little bit. I felt like I wasn't important. Hey, I, um, I, I wanted to bring a plant because, you know, you're a guest and, and I, I, wanted to, I just wanted to give you a plant, but I, I forgot about it until last night. So I googled plants that I could bring to church and, and um, I got this off the internet, so it, it's got to be true. Um, I, I was told if I used this miracle grow indoor plant, it would be an instant plant. Yeah, right? Who knew? Who, so I'm, I'm just, just going to put a little in there. There you go. There you go. And, uh, huh. And maybe it takes a little while to, to work. Maybe we could think happy thoughts. You know, we could even pray. No, no, we'll leave it. We'll let the miracle grow do its miracle. But I, I was thinking of you. Um, I had been thinking about you for the last two weeks, three weeks, asking God to tell me what to preach on. And, uh, and I had something on my heart, and uh, I decided not to do it. So I put something else together. And then last week, interacting a little bit with, with a little bit of leadership and like, I said, no, I'm, I'm going back to what I preach on. So um, the nice thing about being a visiting preacher is uh, what are you going to do, fire me? You know? Uh, you know, you could run me out of the church, that'd be fine. But. So uh, let's pray, and then I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles with me. But let's pray. God, I thank you for that you have given us your word and that your word has everything we need for the way that we live and what we believe and what is important to us. So God, we pray that your word and your Holy Spirit, not the preacher, would speak today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you turn with me to Genesis chapter 16 and look at verses 7 and following. 16-7. I'm reading from the New International Version. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sari, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sari, she answered in a kind of a whiny voice. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now with child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael for the Lord is, has heard your misery. And then would you go to chapter 17 and verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, are there any 99-year-olds here? No? Okay. Um, that's not surprising to me. Uh, when, when he was 99 years old, 
That's old, by the way. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be true father of all nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you, uh, make you very fruitful. I will make nations to you, and kings will come for, from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants. Wow, this is really a cool promise. And, and after you, the generations to come, to be your God and God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan will, where, where you are now an alien, I will give every lasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant. So here's the story. The story is a story that maybe I see as my story. It's a story of kind of impatience. It's kind of like waiting for that stupid plant uh, to, to, to grow. Um, you know, three times God says to Abraham, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. Three times. And, you know, it, in chapter 16, he's 86 years old, and, uh, and, and he's told he's going to have a son, and, and he laughs about it. Three times. It, in, and when he's 86, he says, you know what? I'm going to have this scheme. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have an affair. I'm going to commit adultery. I'm, I'm going to get this son one way or the other. God doesn't need our help, but Abraham decided that he did. God had a plan for Abraham and for Sarah, and he didn't need anyone's help. I, I, I guess the reason I wanted to preach on this text is to remind you that God already has a plan, a purpose, and even a promise for you, individual believers. Before the creations of the world, all the worlds, God knew you. He knew who you were. He had a plan for you. It's amazing. And you might say, you know, I grew up in the projects in New York, and I, that was God's plan? Yes, it really was. Uh, you know, uh, God ordains a time and place where we should live, according to Acts 17. You know, he decided you should live in Jersey. I, I, what can I say? I mean, we can't all grow up in Brooklyn. I, I, I'm sorry. But, but God has his plan for you. And this church, God has his plan for you. God placed you here in Randolph. And, and, and he has a plan, and, and he has a purpose for Bethlehem being here. You know, but we get discouraged sometimes, and we say, God, what are you up to? You know, I've been waiting for you to, to do something, to do something dynamic in my life, you know? And here I am, uh, for me personally, you know, I, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm just, I'm just old. I'm an old guy. And, and, and I keep thinking, God, what is it you really want in my life? What is it you want me to do? I don't know if you're frustrated as a congregation because you want to see instant success in your church. Maybe you are. Um, you know, maybe you grew up with that whole uh, instant gratification thing, you know. Uh, 
you grew up hitting the keys of your, your, your little Commodore computer, wishing it would work faster. You know, um, and now, now your, your generation uh, may be, a, uh, you know, if you can't text fast enough or, or your phone doesn't have a good signal and, and you get frustrated. We kind of are instant gratification people. And I believe that Abraham and Sarah's story is our story as believers and as a congregation. Because God has a purpose and a plan and maybe he has even given you a promise individually. And God has a purpose and a plan and maybe even a promise as a congregation. And maybe you've been impatient saying, when is that purpose going to be revealed? When is this plan going to come together? When is God's promise going to be fulfilled? Well, as you're waiting to get to that preferred future of yours, I think Abraham's story tells us three things we shouldn't do. If you look at chapter 17, verse 15, these are three things you shouldn't do while you're waiting for God to fulfill his plans, his purposes, and his promises. Look at chapter 17 with me. If you don't have your Bible, oh, bad, bad. Come on, you've got your phones. Come on, get there, 17, chapter 17, verse 15. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son of her for, by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. You look at verse 17, it says, Abraham fell down on his face. He laughed and he said, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? What? What are you talking about? Will Sarah bear a child at this age? Here's the first thing you never do when God has given you a purpose, a plan, or a promise. Never laugh or mock God's purposes, plans, and promises. Never make fun of it. I can't say that strong enough. You know, I, I like to be a funny guy, but I'm not kidding here. Never mock or laugh at God's promises and plans and purposes, including the fact that you're an old person or that you're a young person and you don't have enough experience or you've had so much experience that you just can't believe that God could do this anymore. Never mock it says he, he fell down. It wasn't just a little giggle like, <laughs> oh God, what are you talking about? <laughs> it says he was laughing so hard that first he slapped his knee and then he fell down his face. Going, <laughs> I'm not being dramatic. That's how he, he fell. That's what he did. He, he laughed so hard that he fell on the ground and fell on his face. He couldn't see that God doesn't give dreams God doesn't give us purposes. God doesn't give us plans that he doesn't intend to fulfill. Now, you know, I preach in black church a lot. And I can't even get an amen on that. Come on. You know why you say amen to the preacher? To encourage him to know that, yep, you're on track, pastor. You're on track. You're right. That's right. I had a guy in one of my churches in Chicago. Uh, and he would always get up and say, well, pastor, help yourself. So you, you can help me out here a little bit. God never gives us a plan or purpose 
that he doesn't want to fulfill. So don't mock it. Don't mock it. Don't laugh. And then in chapter 15, verse 2, there's something else you shouldn't do. Look over there with me. Chapter 15, verses 2 and 3. Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so servant, a servant in my household will be my heir. You got to hear this whining. You know, I, I, I grew up in the free church. You know, I, I grew up, I pastor churches that have congregational meetings. You know, have you all been to a congregational meeting? I'm sure you have, right? You know, and, and there's one thing that's always sure to happen at a congregational meeting. Somebody's going to whine. Somebody's going to whine. I don't know who it is, but every congregational meeting will have a whiner. The horrible thing is when it's the pastor's wife. Right? They, 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 you know, but, but there'll always be a whiner. Oh, this, this is Abraham. Oh, you haven't given me a kid yet. It's just terrible. I, I, I'm, I'm giving up. I, forget it, God. I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to have this affair with Hagar. She'll give me a son because you don't care. You don't love me. You're not going to do what I want you to do. Why you said you were going to do it. Here's the second thing you never do. Don't give up. Don't give up on God's plans, God's purposes, God's promises. Don't give up. Don't give up. Amen? Amen. I don't know what God has promised you individually. I don't know what God, God's revealed to you as a plan for your life. I, I, I know for me it's been to be an urban pastor uh, or, to, or to, be, to be a pastor in, in a church and shepherd people. I, I know that's my plan. God hasn't always done that. I wound up working for our denomination for 17 years in the home office of, of the Evangelical Free Church and, and, and until I just didn't want to be in a denominational office anymore. You know, if you've ever worked in a denominational office, you know, I love the Free Church, but ooh, man, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard. You know, I, so I'm waiting. What, God, what do you want? But I'm not giving up. You shouldn't give up. God placed your church here. Don't give up. Don't give up. God may do it one way or another, but it's not up to you to quit. God has a plan. I don't know what that plan is. Not my place to say. But you know, sometimes when we're whiny, we want to give up, we, we leave. Or we have a new plan, or, 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 or we have 30 plans, or... or, or or, or whatever, you know. And we don't need to have plan A, B, C, D, E, and F when God has said, you're here to make a difference in Randolph. You're here to bring the kingdom of God and the wonderful good news gospel to Randolph. You're here to express and spread God's love in ever-widening circles around the world. That's the plan. Don't give up. Now, I'm going to say this, because I'm not your pastor. Some of you are thinking in the very near future you're going to leave. And I'm telling you, don't you dare. Don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Please. Don't. God wants you here. God needs you here. And I, I'm from Brooklyn. I've got, I've got you know, Goots Katori is my uncle in Brooklyn. You don't want me to send Goots to you. I'm telling you. You Go, don't give up. Don't leave. 
Don't quit. Don't sit in pews and say, oh, I'm just going to watch it all fall apart or I'm going to watch whatever's going to happen. No, you need to remember the promises that God has given you as a church. And I don't care how old you are, you've got to remember the promises that God gave to you, the plan that he started laying out when you were younger, when you first came to faith. Don't give up. And then the third is, and this is really important, don't try to give a God a helping hand. He doesn't need you. Can I get an amen? He doesn't need you. He's got it all taken care of. I've got a sign in my office, and it says, Good morning, Dan. This is God. I'll be taking care of things today, so sit back and join me. And that's really all God wants from you. He, he doesn't need help. But oh no, Sarah and Abraham said, you know what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll have you have an affair with Hagar and, and you'll have a son and then the plan will all be back in order. We're back on track. And that never works. That was the stupidest thing you could ever think about as a plan. Think about what happened. Instead of of the plan coming together and there was blessing, there was jealousy right away between Sarah and Hagar. There was abuse. Sarah literally abused Hagar, so much so that she ran away. That's what this, this, this affair produced. It produced a single parent who, who struggled to raise a baby. It, 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 it produced unemployment. Hagar was out of a job. It, 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 it produced homelessness. It produced marital discord, well, as you might well imagine, right? I mean, you know, uh, Sarah, it was Sarah's idea probably, but, uh, you, know, you know, you've got your affections towards this other woman. It doesn't help a marriage so much, you know? And uh, uh, long-term, think about what happened. Think about all the issues that happened in the Middle East right now because of the son of Hagar, and the son of Sarah. Just think that way back in Genesis chapter 15, it started all this mess in the Middle East that continues in the 21st century. God doesn't need you to have a second plan or a plan all of your own that, that, that isn't what he gave you. Don't try to help God. Just keep on saying, God, what are you up to and we want to join you. And I think that in your own life, there are people that are here that have just finished school, and they're wondering, what should I do? And so we bypass God. I'm sure there are people in this church this morning who are really older. They're, they're, I, I'll just say it. I'm 63, all right? All right, I'll just get it all. Get it, get it on the table. You know, and, and you maybe you're with me and you're saying, I, I'm 63 years old and, and, and I don't feel like I fulfill what God has called me to do. Well, don't laugh at what God called you to do. Don't give up on those promises and purposes and plans and don't try to help God. Stay the course. You know, um, my brother was in the military. In fact, all my brothers were in the military except me. I was a deadbeat. Um, I, 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 I actually just passed the, uh, 
the lottery. Uh, when I turned 18, uh, uh, President Nixon killed the lottery. So, um, But my brother would always uh, remind me, and when, whenever I was pastoring, pastoring, what do you do with orders? You obey them, right? In the military, you obey the orders, right? And, and what do you do when you don't get new orders? Well, according to my brother, and he should know he was a sergeant in the army, he would say, in the absence of new orders, keep the old orders. So God didn't tell you yet to leave. God didn't tell you yet to quit. God didn't tell you yet to give up and, or to do something different from what he's already planned. So in the absence of new orders, keep the old ones. Now, that's great because it's a nice negative sermon about things you don't do, and that's what we, we hate about Christianity. Oh, don't, 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 don't. Uh, but um, uh, how about three things you should do? Think three things. Oh, where's my plant? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I, I'm ADD, so I get terribly distracted. You don't see a plant, do you? You know, I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm going to lay my hands on this plant. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes, please? No peeking? Everybody bow your head, close your eyes, okay? No peeking. Here, you know, I'm just going to lay hands on this plant. Oh, you can open your eyes. A miracle has happened. A miracle has happened. Look, I, I have a new plant. This, this is a plant for you. The miracle grow really worked. It really that's the stupidest thing I ever did. <laughs> I got to admit it. Come on. That's the stupidest thing I ever tried to pull off in church. You know, uh, I, I wanted to have a plan so bad that I'm a fraud. I admit it. You know, uh, I, I had the plan hiding all the time. I swapped it out. There wasn't even dirt in that pot. <laughs> you know? um, okay, it was stupid, but here's the point. The point is that sometimes we're in such a hurry that we, in impatience, we either give up or we laugh at, like you left in my plan to hurt my feelings, or we try and change the plan. And God says, don't do that. Instead, here's what you should do. Look at 17.1 with me, chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord God Almighty, Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and greatly increase your numbers. Here's the first thing he did. This is a do. You got to wait on the Lord. Those who love God, wait on God. They don't try and circumvent God. They wait upon the Lord. And I know you are in a period of waiting as a church. And I know that like me, many of you are in a period of waiting on what God wants to do in your life. And maybe you're just graduating school or maybe you're in those last years of your career and you think, what's going on? And that's when you have to, like Abraham, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. I, this was stupid, I agree but no more than believing that God needs your help. This was a dumb illustration, but not dumber than you thinking that you can circumvent God and help him out. That's dumb. What you really need to do is to wait upon the Lord. 
Wait upon the Lord. And we are New Jersey folks. Some of us are even New Yorkers, and we're not so good at waiting. We're just not. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Oh, yeah, some of you are, yeah. You don't believe it, but you're, you're just very impatient people. We need to wait upon the Lord because when we don't wait on the Lord, we get desperate, and desperate people do desperate things, and desperate things are not usually right things. Impetuous things are not usually good things. Don't put your eyes on the promise. Don't put your eyes on the plan. You know where you need to put your eyes? On the Lord. Oh, come on, one more amen. You know what you need to do? You need to put your eyes not on the plan or the promise, but on the Lord and wait on him and keep looking at him. And then second thing you say, well, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? I'm glad you asked. Look at chapter, verse 17, verse 2. It says, um, I, I will confirm my covenant between you. And then in verse 3 it says, Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my father. You, you will be the father of many nations. I just love that he fell down on his face again and this time not laughing. You know, it's the same, same word. He fell on his face. But instead of laughing hysterically, he fell on his face to worship. When this word is used, it, it's used about someone who falls on their face and they kneel before God and they say, God, I'm yours. You can bless me or you can kill me, whatever you want to do. You can bless me or you can kill me, whatever you want to do. That's what you need to do while you're waiting. You need to worship the Lord. You need to fall on your faces and say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm readily waiting for you. I'm available to you. You can kill me or you can bless me. He fell on his face. You know, some would rather work. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm a doer. I gotta go, 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 go. Um, but if we don't worship, you know what we do? We fret. And when we fret, we get desperate. Worship is missional. Worship is a part of people saying, see, they depend on God. They love God. It reminds us of how powerful God is when we worship him. We fall down our face and submit to him. And then finally, go back to verse 1 again. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Wow. You know, this isn't just walk, you know. Um, I'm from New York. I don't know how you walk, but... I'll show you how we walk in New York, okay? It's like this. It's like we got some place to go. We probably don't, but we just, we're we're walking, man. We're working, walking with determination. That's what this word is all about. You know, we got to walk with God. It says to walk. It's not to to just like, okay, God, what's up? No, we got to keep on moving. You know, we, we just have to. We, we have to keep on walking. This is a determined walk with God. Like all New Yorkers, we're determined to what? To holiness. We're walking not towards the plan, not towards the promise, not towards the, the, the purposes that God has given. We're walking towards God and his holiness. Amen. Oh, man, you're a tough crowd. Wow. You know, uh, um, and, and, and it's determined that we should walk 
towards blamelessness. I love that word because it's impossible, right? I mean, who's here that's blameless? You know, I've known Brother Clark for a long time, by the way, um, uh, from World Impact Days, and, and, and he's, he's one of the coolest guys I know, but are you blameless? Oh, man, I was hoping. Uh, Rick, you know, you're, you're, you're an elder, right? Well, please tell me you're blameless. Oh, man. So, so but what you're all doing, and, and I know you, you two men, I, I know Bill, I, I know some of you other folks, and you're walking intentionally and, 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 and with, with steadiness, you're walking towards trying to be holy. In the process of waiting on the Lord, wait on him, worship him, and be determined to walk hard towards holiness. Listen, you are in a pivotal position as a church. I, I don't know if you know this, but I've been praying for you for a year. I, I don't know why, but God just put, you know, for a year now, I just God's put this church on my heart. Uh, you're not the only church. There are three churches. I just, I don't know. There's a church plant down in, in Roanoke that I've been praying for, and I, I've been kind of working with them. And, and, and then my church that I, that I was last pastor at in Brooklyn, first free, and, and then Bethlehem. But I'm praying for you because you're in this pivotal position. You know, uh, you, you lost your pastor. You've had some, some stress, obviously. That's a little, maybe a little uh, euphemistic. Um, you know, you got a big decision coming up, and, um, and, and all these things are happening, and, and I think you're just like Abraham and Sarah. And you're sitting here today saying, God, what was your purpose for us? What was your plan for us? Did you give us any promise? Don't think about leaving, please. No one asked me to say that. I, I, I know how important this is. Don't think about skipping out of here. Don't think about giving up and leaving plan and the purpose that God put on your heart a long time ago. Because I love that God uses the foolish things of this world. He uses the weak to confound the strong. He used an old woman, an old man, to fulfill his purpose for generations. Don't give up. Don't laugh at what God's going to do and what he said he would do. Don't make new plans that are all, all circumventing God. In the meantime, would you please, please, please wait on the Lord and worship him. This is good worship this morning, by the way. Worship him and walk with as much determination as you can towards holiness. Because the problem at this point is that when you take your eyes off God, you start to do things that aren't really God-like, not Jesus-like. So in this time of, of transition, you know, uh, would you just walk towards holiness? And I, I'd say this, you know, do it together. I'm begging you to do it together. Walk together. Walk with determination together towards God's holiness. Don't keep your eyes always on this plan, the purposes, the promises. At this point, you really need to keep your eyes on God.
I, I hope you're hearing me. That's what this congregation needs. And that's what you need. You know, God may not be ready to fulfill his promises and plans in your personal life because you still aren't focused on becoming more like Christ. Do it together. Serve together. Live by faith together. Stay madly in love with God. Madly in love with God. You know, romance dies pretty quickly. They say that most romance doesn't last more than two years in a marriage. But, you know, romance to God, it never dies. You need to always be feeding that mad love for for God. Stay relevant and creative in the way that you're serving him. And I'll say this, don't make me come back here. (laughs) Don't make me come back here, all right? Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to focus on the Lord for just two minutes before we, uh, before I pray. And I'd like you to, you really can bow your heads right now because if you close your eyes, it really is good to, to, to stay focused and not get distracted. But I'd like you to think for a second, what is it that God seemed to purpose for my life and it hasn't all come together yet? Did God ever give you a purpose or a promise He gifted you to do something and it hasn't all come together yet? Why don't you think about that for a minute? What would that be? Could be that God purposed for me to be a mom and I'm not a mom. That I was going to go through grad school and I couldn't afford it. God wanted me to be a doctor and I'm still not there. That plan, that promise, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to think about it this way. Put it in your hand and just give it to God. That's worship. God, here, take this plan, this promise that I think you gave me and I'm going to fall down and I'm going to worship and I'm going to say you can bless this or you can kill me, but I'm giving this to you. Just take a minute to worship the Lord in giving that plan, that promise. God, this community of believers have been excited that you've given this church a purpose. And you promised yourself in Matthew that the gates of hell couldn't prevail against your church. I pray, God, that instead of looking at the plans and purposes this church has from you, that they would look at you. They keep their eyes on you Because when they're keeping their eyes on you, they're not going to fret, God. When they keep their eyes on you, they're not going to fight, God. When they keep their eyes on you, there's going to be joy. I pray that they just keep their eyes on you, that they would not laugh at what you might be doing, 
that they might not give up and they may not try to circumvent your plan, but instead that they would wait on you, they would worship you, they would worship you with all their heart and that they would move in determination to be more like you, blameless and holy. I pray this in the name of the Father who sent the Son, in the name of the Son who who originated and birthed his church, and I pray this in the name of the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to be like you and to be your witnesses. Amen.